we can be one big family. And I guess uh, if we honestly uh, talk to one another, uh, have conversations, conversations uh, that provide a, an environment of listening to one another, listening with the intent of, of hearing uh, each other. And that's Timela, look, listen and decide. And right now we're talking, um, this feature is I'm an African. We're looking at uh, the Kenyan law pre- uh, professor, uh, Patrick Law Otieno Lumumba, uh, who was refused entry uh, to Zambia due to uh, quote-unquote security considerations. Uh, this is what the authorities said and uh, joining me right now uh, on the line to just help us understand what do we make uh, of this because he was um, on his way to um, uh, this country in Zambia. Uh, he was due to deliver a talk on Chinese influence in Africa and uh, this was uh, to be in Sunday at Eden University and I do acknowledge that uh, Bongi Kuala had an intense uh, conversation around the influence of China in African development and he talked a lot about uh, the investment that's being made and right now um, on the 29th of September headlines um, stated that uh, Kenyan law professor uh, Patrick Law Otieno uh, Lumumba was refused entry. What do we make out of this? And Seyman uh, Mutloung, uh, wish I knew whether it's doctor or professor uh, joining us uh, right now as political science lecturer at the Northwest University. Good afternoon and welcome. Hello, Griselda. Thank you for hosting me. I appreciate it. Thank you for availing yourself. Now, I, I mean, he planned a talk um, that is following a growing anger at uh, Beijing's grip, as people would call it, on the economy of Zambia. Uh, what What should Africans make of uh, this move by the Zambian authorities? Uh, I think, Griselda, what uh, happened here is, has stark similarities to the, around 2015, if you remember, the uh, Dalai Lama also wanted to come and visit uh, Bishop Dudu. Uh, he was invited to be a, a guest speaker and South Africa denied him a visa, mm. so, even though the government refused uh, that it, it denied the visa. But what happened to Prof Lumumba is similar to that. And I think it now speaks to what others have been talking about in relation to China's foreign policy. And I think politically, China also would want to control or influence a political thought or political imagination in countries that they invest. So for me, one, to understand that in terms of power, Mm. Is China powerful in terms of investing? And over and above fiscal power, it is that additional power, the soft power that they also wield over countries that they they support. Uh, for me, it, it now says I think China doesn't want anybody somehow sowing discord. Mm. So this seeds of consciousness that Lumumba would be sowing among the youth, uh, I think they are very cautious about that. And uh, we can understand if the government is saying for security reasons. So what security reasons really? Mm. Except, <laughs> uh, except it is that you are securitizing China's investment. So I think uh, listeners would listen to me and think now I'm biased in a way, but this is 
one way of, of seeing it. I look at Lumumba as a, a thinker and as a philosopher. If you read in the lives of philosophers, there is one Socrates, ancient philosopher, who was condemned to to death because the government then assumed that he was corrupting the minds of the youth. Mm. Because Socrates encouraged young people to critique authority. I think in this regard, Lumumba was going to talk on the relationship, the close relationship between uh, China and Zambia. And for me, this was uh, that uh, uh, concern. How will China respond to this? We, we're taking a break. I'd, I'd like us um, to, to then focus on uh, his characteristic. Like you say, that uh, he's, he's a, a thought leader um, and, and a very sober-minded people. So when leaders uh, begin to make such decisions, what should ordinary Africans uh, do? But we ha- first have to pay the bills. Lifetime Live with Griselda Dudumashe. Thank you for joining us, Lifetime Live it is, and uh, joining me on the line as uh, we unpack, uh, we call this I'm an African, and uh, in I'm an African, we reflect on some of the decisions that are made by us, African people, that are made on our behalf by our leaders, and uh, this time around, uh, we're looking at a Kenyan law professor, um, uh, Patrick Lumumba, uh, who was uh, refused entry in Zambia due to uh, security considerations, and uh, this, he was due to deliver a talk on Chinese influence in Africa. Uh, this was supposed to be on Sunday at Eden University. And joining me right now on the line is Seyman, uh, Mr. Seyman Mutloung, who's a political science lecturer at uh, the Northwest University. Now, Mr. Mutloung, let's then uh, look at, uh, I mean, when uh, decisions such as these, I mean, there are a lot of people who would have loved to listen to Dalai Lama. Uh, there are a lot of people who would love to listen to um, uh, Professor Lumumba. Uh, so when decisions like these are made on behalf of African people, uh, what should African people do and say? Griselda, uh, uh, this is uh, one theorist of Mugimbe of the modalities of colonization mm. and in one of the components he says col- colonialists would come to take over the physical space they would come to take over the people physically mm. and thirdly they would want to influence the thinking pattern of the colonized so now what china is doing in its foreign policy uh, where it is invested resonates to that uh, and one tradition in the narrative of neocolonialism in Africa mm. speaks to this, that Africa must be a free thinker. Africa must be conscious. I think this is what uh, Professor Lumumba is talking about. Most of the time when you listen to him, he emphasizes on uh, political hygiene. Mm. And political hygiene is about good governance. And I would also want to implicate him talking about uh, thinking that as you, yeah. you make partnerships as an African leader, really think through the terms and conditions of this investment that comes into your, your country. Mm. And uh, I, for now, it, it, will, it would seem that China's foreign policy is also on that thinking. It will want to control how people think or what should they think. What should the opinion be around its, its dealings? So 
as African leaders, we also want to say in, in our process of decolonization, we must also decolonize that space of saying Africans must be free thinkers, independent thinkers, irrespective of who is funding us. But we should protect that space. Otherwise, we will now be colonized culturally Indeed. or would be influenced culturally as to how we should think. So it is quite a very... Uh, profound decision that uh, Zambia took here in, in obliging, I think, to the influence that China wields over them. All right, let's take your calls right now on 0891-104-207, your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. And uh, you can also join at SAFM Radio uh, and hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live, SMS uh, 40938, charged at 150 per SMS. Call Chris Salda now, 0891-104-207. We start with KGM in Johannesburg. Good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon, Chris Alba. Good afternoon to your guests and to the listeners. Hello. Chris Alba, if, if there was any doubt that China's involvement in Africa is nothing but the same systematic colonization that we, we seem to be running away from from the west now we're going to the east then you should look at the decision in detail the decision mm-hmm. why a country like zambia would concord to the so-called the, the security concern for a, a an indigenous african like lumumba to come and give a talk in their country come back home when china said we're giving Africa $60 billion. It, Our own president made it look and sound like it was something so big. Take 52 countries in Africa, divide them by $62 billion or $60 billion, see what each country gets. Go further, divide it by 12 months and see what each country, if, if, the, if that's even the case, that each country will even get an equal share. Mm. Now, my last, my last point is this. We need to have more Lumumbas who need to not only focus in individual countries, but who must go to the length and breadth of Africa to reignite, to awaken the, the giant that is sleeping in us. That says Africa for Africans, yeah. philosophically and practically so. Got you. Thank you very much, uh, KGM. Uh, well, I wanted to find out about the truck driver story. <laughs> Pity we lost him. Mike, you're joining us from Middlebeck. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Crystal and your guest, and thank you very much for taking my call. Most welcome, sir. Yes, uh, this is what becomes of the situation, you know, when we stand for the truth. Uh, even outside, you know, of the context within which you are discussing you must check Griselda uh, everywhere. When you stand for the truth, you must be prepared to suffer the mm. consequences in one way or the other. Wow, that's uh, tragic. Yes, yeah, because if you look at this, you realize that it is about the colonization of the economy, mm. not the colonization in the manner in which we are accustomed to. And uh, that is why the Zambian government uh, is prepared 
to repass, you know, the, the highly respected son of Africa um, so that uh, perhaps economically they can benefit, which you wonder how this benefit is going to benefit mm. the Zambian population. And, and, and uh, Criselda, remember, they said they, they are going to issue a statement. Have they done so? The Zambian government. Well, the statement talks about that this was for security purposes, and and this was issued by um, uh, one of the ministers. Yeah, you know. It says security is, considerations, quote unquote. And they, they they can't even elaborate to tell us, uh, you know. Let us know the details. And and that's why I actually asked my guest that, uh, as we know him, um, uh, Professor Patrick Lumumba, is he a person that any country should be scared to allow hey, him uh, to come into? Uh, but yeah, uh, we're yeah. having this conversation and uh, we welcome your, your, your inputs, Mike. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank Let's you. go to Mpo. Uh, I'm not sure if I should be taking you, Mpo, um, but we'll respond to your uh, contribution after the news headlines. Good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon, ma'am. Uh, what a feeble excuse for the prevention of the prof to enter Zambia for the presentation. The question that we are left to ponder is, what is it that the Zambian government did not want to hear from mm. the prof? Is it not democratic to express our views so that at least somebody hears uh, diverse views regarding the role of China? And if there's a counter-argument the Zambian government should then be advancing, actually requesting to be on a podium with the prof in order to debate the role of China in Africa. Got you. Uh, because the fact of the matter is that Africa needs to be revitalized, needs in, uh, more investment. Thanks. Thank you very much. So let's take uh, news headlines with uh, Chantel Thompson. Fun and positive conversations. And I guess the positive part is us using information to make informed decisions and choices. And right now we're having a conversation about uh, this is I am an African and a Kenyan law professor, Pet, uh, Professor Patrick Lumumba, was refused entry in, into Zambia due to security considerations, as it was um, uh, mentioned. He was due to deliver a talk uh, on Chinese influence in Africa and uh, uh, joining me on the line at to just help understand this uh, is Mr. Seiman Motlong, who is a political science lecturer at uh, the Northwest uh, Northwest University. Now, in responding to um, you know both the callers, and it was mostly uh, comments than it was uh, calls. I'd like to also add a tweet by uh, Junior Mkari, uh, who says, "Let them come and take over. We're dying uh, with daily hikes." So how do we then also balance with consciousness um, that Africans understand what is at stake? Yeah, I, I think uh, responding to one of your commentators there to say it was supposed to have been an opportunity for government also officials to engage the professor there. It's correct. Otherwise, what they are doing is basically facilitating an echo chamber to say mm. we would tolerate views that appreciate or uh, uh, views that praise China's contribution, but not to critique and to look uh, at a deeper level as to what are the consequences of such an uh, 
such an investment. So Mm. what we would now look at is that China's foreign policy. China is a political system. You'd look into it and see to what extent they allow free opinion in their own land. You'd realize that they control media and they also would censor social media, particularly views that speak negatively of government. So one would also now see such influence or in uh, tendencies also filtering into its foreign policy now when they come to Africa to invest. Uh, also, maybe one of the uh, influence is not written. Mm. So even though it's unwritten, they now would, would say, will you please control your people? Otherwise, you know, you can't bite the hand that feeds you. So it now also speaks to how, South, uh, not South Africa per se, but African countries are more behaving like beggars. It mm. is basically say, you give us what you, we would demand or require, and then in return, they would want to assuage whatever uh, uh, conditions that sure. the giver would, would, would put on the table. Now, so Mr. McClung... It, it, it is a poor state for Africa, in a way. We we also know as a fact that um, you know China is one of the main investors in Zambia. And uh, and, and they, they, the president talks about uh, the fact that Zambia is, is supported unconditionally. It, it, it is un- <laughs> sorry to interject. It is unconditionally that's a line that uh, maybe is, is implicated to China. Uh, but this is one of the conditions. You see, when uh, we sec- you securitize or public opinion mm. or you securitize your interests. So what Zambia is doing is now treating China's interest as a security issue and now we're protecting those interests mm. against public opinion and critique even though you look into how uh, uh, in other countries like i think is sri lanka even kenya today uh, china has, has, has invested there and those investments are failing to bring an estimated return sometimes even when feasibility studies were made it was already new, known that uh, there wouldn't be a good return, but mm. political leaders for for electioneering purposes, they it continued with this uh, 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 agreement in terms of taking loans. But then, for me, it now indicates to that extent that African leaders in the term, in, in in the level of consciousness, they aren't pursuing it deliberately that agenda of free thought, even though they would go into bilateral agreements. It's oh. like whatever the stakes would be, they are willing to go. Sure. At what cost is this, I ask. And uh, we take your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107 and uh, at SAFM Radio, both on Twitter and Facebook. And you can hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. Uh, your SMS is at 40938, charged at 150, and uh, also 891 Let's go to Cape Town and speak to Samson. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Mr. Sauda, and afternoon to your listeners. Uh, hello? Good afternoon. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, you see, the problem that I see now is, you see, 
what happened now to Professor Lumumba, it shows that the whole of Africa is in a dilemma that in 10 years' time that we won't be able to come out of this dilemma of colonization that is coming. Because like now, we don't have auditors in all our countries that can see the outcome of all the produce that is coming out of our mines and everything that is being extracted by all these foreign companies. So the other thing is these people, they are taking everything and we don't even know, we can't even control them because of what they are giving us. That's what is my contribution. But thank you, thank you very much, Samson. And and the question goes back to um, uh, Mr. Mutlong. Why is Africa so rich yet so poor? Uh, I think this is what other another view from Lumumba that he he usually says, "Are we as Africans children of a lesser God?" Mm. Because one, despite um, minerals that we have. And these minerals could be able to make Africa so prosperous, even to supersede or surpass other Western uh, civilizations. But now he, I think he puts the blame solely on, on leaders to say leaders have, have, have are now uh, uh, assumed that occupying a government office is a ticket to unfettered uh, un- unfet- wealth. So... Political leaders are willing to cow to the demands of multinational corporations. It's not only in the sense of saying it's China, mm. but even Western countries, you'd see in the Congo how gold is being taken out of the country at a very little uh, tax rate, but you find that African leaders benefit from it. Even the president of Congo hasn't declared his tax returns in over. I think it is only once in history he's done it. So this element, it is also connected to the nature of African leadership. We have to really think and listen to people like uh, Prof. Lumumba to understand as to what form of political leadership we require. And he was now advocating this aspect of political hygiene. The the, the spread of uh, Corruption in most uh, uh, regimes, African regimes, is something that he, descri- he decries a lot, and he wants to, I think, awaken people to this reality. But we also depend on the same political leaders uh, for our uh, awareness and in, in our political insight, uh, to, so to speak. So will we ever then be exposed to the truth about some of the decisions that are made by um, political leaders? Yes, it is It is about civil society. You see, Lumumba was invited by university to say he would address students. So this is the role of universities to be as... Uh, it's a universe of thought. And mm-hmm. it being a universe of thought, it will also speak to the ideas by, uh, by uh, Mao Zedong. Usually when you listen to the communists, they will say, let 100 flowers bloom, let 100 schools of thought contend. Mm-hmm. But you realize now when they have to do it indeed, they cow to the pressure of multinational corporations. So it now requires those uh, courageous men like Lumumba, courageous thinkers and academics to speak out against any form of uh, maladministration. So we really have to 
uh, encourage this kind of culture. And John Theva on, on Twitter says, uh, there are always strings attached, but uh, that's maybe not such a good thing beyond our borders. <laughs> it, it, it is. I think the reality of politics is that politics is about power mm. and influence. So part of that power is money. And whoever has money will also shape the kind of knowledge we, we have. This is a simple theory of knowledge. Those that are in power will influence what the masses know. Mm. That's basically how it is. Tragic. Let's go to Romeo in Villas. Uh, good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon to my sister and to your guest as well. Hello. Uh, I've got a problem when I heard that Lumumba was part in Zambia, citing the security reasons. Mm. I'm beginning to see that Africa itself, we are not also united. That's number one. Number two, people, we have got money, they are beginning to detect what we should do and what we should not do. If you look at the lecture that Lumumba gave uh, a, a month ago during the Nelson Mandela uh, lecture. Mm-hmm. It touches about African and our own resources as Africans. And uh, I wanted to believe that because of these people, they have got all resources which they want. They could have uh, took his lecture during the time of Nelson Mandela uh, lecture in Nelson Mandela Bay University, which could have prompted them to say, no, this guy, we cannot allow him mm. to go into Zambia. Because if he kept on a lecture like that, on his leadership and lifetime, that could also change the minds of those who are in Zambia, or also, uh, to change the minds of uh, African people. And I think it's a high time, uh, if I may ask your guest, mm. isn't it not possible that uh, you, uh, the academic people, can't you try to sit down under the umbrella of AU with your own engineers, scientists, everyone, and try to have our own manufacturing company that have to manufacture all our resources that we are getting here in our in our, in our continent. Because it's quite really disturbing to hear that the continent is rich. But I've been driving all over in Zambia. And if you could see that the copper that is being produced by Zambian uh, government in, in, in that country going to China, Without the benefits, perhaps they could have said, okay, we are taking this, but we are going to uh, support all the children to go to school, to universities, and uh, all other things. Perhaps we could have said, let alone those masters to come and invest, but at the end of the day, it benefits us in the sense of academic system as well. Mm. I, I guess, because uh, something has to give, Mr. Mutlowung, and I, I wonder, where do we start uh, in, in collecting this? Uh, I think the role of academics, it will be the start uh, of Lumumba himself. Mm. And I think what he was to speak to, uh, if, if your listeners have read Shakespeare, Merchant of Venice, where you request a pound of flesh for a particular, for a pound. So, I think this is what academics are trying to do 
to awaken the people to the strings that are attached to these investments uh, to say, if you fail, should you fail to repay the likes of China, do you understand what is at stake, that your flesh will be required of you? And this is what, in terms of securitization of thought, China is trying to play a role in, mm. in controlling what academics would be doing. And it's a pity that politicians cow to this. And secondly, to what uh, academics can contribute in AU and other regional blocks, uh, I, would, I would think that there has to be some round tables that academics would participate, but such are invited spaces, you see. Uh, you have to be invited as an academic or you have to submit an, a request to be informed uh, when these meetings would gather. Mm. And it, it's now uh, spaces that are controlled by politicians. So if politicians understand that you are an academic that does not speak to issues that they like, uh-huh. and you will not be invited to these spaces. And if we were to create our own parallel structure, uh, we, we will we'll speak as, 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 as academics. You should remember, was it last year, a group of uh, academics released a report around the state of, 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 uh, of capture. I think they call it a betrayal of a promise. And then in that betrayal of a promise, they now speak about this state of capture. Then what happened from that? Mm. You see, academics mm. can, also, can only speak until that. It is orators. They only speak to awaken the masses. But the real power relies, now lies with the people. In, in their social capital, in That's how it. they are organized and in being organized. How do they now demand accountability? As academics, who can only teach and even inform in terms of strategies to mm. demand a, a accountability, but the people would now have to take the last decision there. Uh, Sean uh, McCormack on Twitter says the Chinese will turn all of us into wage slaves. And uh, uh, I think uh, this is uh, T, uh, whatever T stands for, an SMS, um, saying the problem of Africa is the quality of leadership and illiterate electorate. Um, and and that uh, a major problem linked to that is laziness. South Africa is also heavily colonized. Uh, who owns the mines? And where do profits go to? Who leads the mines? Those are question marks. Hmm. No, in, in terms of our economy, you'll find that these mine companies in, in Zambia, in Congo, are owned by foreign uh, national companies, so we call multinational companies. So this is a, these are private people who go into spaces and do business there. It, it is only government providing an enabling uh, environment for that. But now the problem is when these politicians have a close relationship with, uh, uh, I think it's Adam Abbey who calls them vulnerable politicians. So mm. when politicians are vulnerable to being corrupted or influenced anyhow, then you'll find that they undermine uh, institutions like laws, tax laws. So we want to look into what are companies, even in South Africa, we've had in SARS, there were certain uh, companies that did not pay tax. And we have SARS as an institution to collect tax. And you ask, mm. why are they not following up on those people when they are able to follow you, Griselda, as an individual yep. and tell you that you owe them 1,000 rent, but they cannot collect 500,000 in areas from a particular company. So it shows you that politicians themselves become co-opted 
in these uh, business dealings. So that's why I said earlier, it is now a matter of the people being mm-hmm. organized to demand accountability in, in, in terms of how their resources are being managed. And I mean, there's also a question of uh, Africa does need development, uh, uh, Mr. McClung, uh, that we these investments come in form of, in forms of factories, roads, airports uh, and, and police stations. What is so bad about that kind of investment? Oh, they don't come as such. Uh, it is, this is a typical colonial method. You look before uh, pre-colonial Africa, mm. when Britain, when Germany, when France left, what infrastructure did they leave behind? Just roads, and if it's roads, it's roads leading to a particular mine. If it's a dam, it was a dam for a particular agriculture project. So typical investments in this, company, in this countries are a countries it's an investment for instance in 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 uh, in kenya they give them kenyans a particular loan and then kenya was, would build a, a rail line mm-hmm. and then they have a new train just like our cow train here it was an investment from some australian company build a cow train and the profits from those uh, free passenger charges charges a fraction of it will go back to a private company there. So this is a mechanism that is utilized. So China will bring you so much money, Mm. but it's in the form of a loan. If it was a string, no strings attached to one Chrysler, it was to be said, here's one billion. Do what you want to do with it, and we are done. But they are specific in in where they are investing. Yes, but now they, they, they also want to participate. They will say, we're building a dam, then it has to be a private or a, a public-owned company from China that will construct that there. So and then there has to be money paid to them in terms of normal business operations. So it is basically opening up markets for domestic companies. So in Africa, we don't have companies interested or we don't have that power to say we're going to uh, Britain and we're going to, to build a highway there, mm. a particular South African construction company going there. Th- this would be... A, a, a normal business but in africa we don't have such power or, or, or development so we have these foreign companies coming in to build our roads to build our schools to build our telescopes and sure. so forth all right let's take Stephen in nelspreet good afternoon and welcome hi good afternoon yeah just to think to your conversation in terms of what's so bad about uh, bridges and, and airports and mm. stations being given I think the problem, <clears throat> at least is my perception, is that uh, when corruption is involved, <clears throat> the um, is a Africa's getting two cents in the rand for value. You're getting two cents in airports and uh, and police stations and roads and infrastructure to to the rand or to the dollar, whatever it might be. Um, what is, is it a fair um, is it a fair exchange? And the problem uh, <clears throat> when uh, corruption happens is that you're getting a bribe of two cents, which is massive money to the politician, mm-hmm. and it sets him and his family for life. But the actual benefit to the country is two cents in the dollar or two mm-hmm. cents in the rand, whatever that might be, and that's that's the same. So when we see when we see a deal, you've got to measure what are we getting for what yeah. we're giving. And um, and uh, the, the the huge risk is that we're selling ourselves out cheap. And um, why can't Africa succeed? Africa has great academics, lots of initiative, needs needs strong management, needs strong leadership, needs strong discipline, and it needs patience.
Um, and it's a lack of patience that often lets us sell ourselves out cheap. Because we want things to happen and happen now. Instantaneous. Yeah. You see it You see it even in society in Africa. Mm. There's, there's, people tend to get themselves into debt buying flash items, German automobiles, mm. cars, things we don't really need rather than investing in shares, rather than investing in property. And we've got to change the short-term view to a long-term planning view. We've Absolutely. got to get, that, get rid of that rush, that rush for satisfaction. Thank That's the principle in life to anybody. Yeah. Patience is virtue. Thank you. Thank you very much, you. Stephen. Uh, Yanis in Cape Town, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Hi. Uh, yes, we're talking about the China and China colonize us. It's true. They, they're going to take from us as much as possible because our, our uh, government officials, if they're not corrupt, they will take a simple the business structure is that you take a commission after the finishing of the uh, of, during the, the, the investment. And so it, it, it's illegal. Commission is not, not corruption, they say so, but of, of course it's affecting the price and affecting the, the product. But in our South Africa, we could complain about other, other countries and China and mm. others. We don't train productive workers in our country. You know, even the, the company who build, uh, the best example, uh, for about three years in, the, in Cape Town, between the Comic and Fishuk, there's a, gov- there's a private company who built for the government, uh, you know, build the roads and all the structures. If you will see how effective they are, I don't understand this, you know. It's a private company. They just sit and do nothing. And, and that's the problem in our country. Productivity is very low. It's a union, it's a government. It's a, it's a, we're going we, to destroy our country if you're not going to be productive. Uh, and to, to be productive, we must train our workers properly and protect them. Thank you very much. And, and I guess, um, uh, Mr. Mutlong, is this maybe uh, the response to people who say when they come here, they bring their own people? Yes, I think even I think two, three years ago, there was even a complaint that China is actually taking some of its prisoners sending them to Africa to work as construction workers. Mm. So so this is part of those demands maybe that are associated with investment. So we, I think we do need a strong leadership that will also be uh, adamant that whatever development comes or investment comes, it has to benefit our people who we've had so long been arguing for beneficiation. Uh, but you find that Politicians don't really want to move into that direction. You look at mm. uh, Nigeria, oil companies there are not Nigerian-owned. majority of them are not Nigerian-owned, and they would go to purify that oil abroad, and then they will now have to import a purified product, even though it came from them. So there's been talk about beneficiation as to build your own refinery plants, build your own uh, smelters and whatever mineral that you extract from the land, build your own beneficiation um, modalities that you're able to export a full polished product instead of having to buy it back when it has now accrued five times, three times the value that it carried in the beginning. So it, it, is, it, it is basically about political leadership there. Yeah, and, and I guess uh, these conversations help us to just be away um, and, and continue to just 
question, I guess. Uh, Mkati Luvo on Twitter says, uh, China is here to loot as others did. Uh, corruption killed us. Uh, very sad indeed and heartbreaking to see majority subjected to the misery in Africa. So uh, as we move, as we conclude this conversation, how do we create active citizens who continue to question things that don't make sense? Uh, who, who will conscientize even leaders to make decisions that serve the people that uh, they purport to be serving? I think, Griselda, uh, it's about even the show that you are having now, this kind of a conversation that people are able to participate in it and are able to reflect on what we are saying. And then they would now begin to listen to political parties and their manifestos as so which political party presents a particular view and you make an informed decision. It's now no longer time to show loyalty to a particular party and you find it in terms of its policies, in terms of foreign policy. It does not really speak for your own interest as mm. a country. So these are kind of conversations we have. And then I think at universities, we, we, we with our students, we really delve into these topics, I think when even we give them assignments, individual assignments or group assignments, these are type of questions that we have them to interrogate and then we could have dialogues with uh, local municipalities. So it is part of, uh, except through dialogue, I don't think we could have more of a change happening. Otherwise, it would be those in media. The kind of stories we watch, you know, Griselda, we shouldn't be watching Date My Family Forever <laughs> or, or Take Me Out, you know. We really need some woke content in our television screens yeah. to equip people. Other, what we are watching really, I think 80-90% of what we watch. But I guess the consumers really have power. to be the one questioning. So how do we get back to getting people to just be... Uh, conscious and, and want to develop and, and want to contribute positively to building a South Africa that all of us can be proud of. Are there any readings um, or writings that you can recommend uh, and uh, so that we, we get to that place of being woke? Well, I, what we would, uh, I think it will be <laughs> a cliche in a way, but uh, when we Professor look at Lumumba. the likes of uh, uh, yes, we have to look at Lumumba himself, uh, mm. but we, we look at Fanon because he speaks on coloniality yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and this mentality of coloniality. It say it's it's about when you are already uh, decolonized mm. or so-called decolonized, but you remain colonized, or the the effects of colonialism remain with you. And mm. then I, I think it's Mudimbe that I spoke about earlier. Uh, he, uh, and then there will be Gungi Wationgo. I think Gungi Wationgo is one of the, even though he's, he's telling stories, but from mm. reading him, it is that pan-Africanist view. And then uh, mainly it is mainly about looking into uh, uh, political science readings generally in African politics. Otherwise, your, your, your listeners could uh, look me up on Twitter, Facebook, and then I could send emails there for you. Some for them. Thank you. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Mr. Mutlong, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.
time. Thank you very much. Uh, that's Mr. Uh, Seisman uh, Motlou, who is a political science lecturer at the Northwest University. That's where we end this conversation. I am an African. And thank you so much uh, to the team, Liseho Mangwanyane Bushokwa Matlosa, Vusana Marule, and Zelma Kribi. Thank you so much to the winning team. That's where we end it. Uh, coming up next is uh, the home run with Sir Ernest Pillay. Uh, but first is the news bulletin with Chantal Thompson.